Listen, buddy, if you're looking for the Diet Frozen Yogurt Bar, it went out of business last summer. Actually, I'm looking for a Batman number 14. This is the Coffee and Comics Podcast. I am your host, the caffeinated Clinton Robinson. If you're like me, your coffee sense is tingling because you have a craving for that next cup of joe. However, if your spider sense is tingling, it's probably because of the issue we're looking at today. So strap on those web shooters and squeeze into your spandex, because this time it's Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man, number 125 from Marvel Comics, with a cover date of April 1987. This issue's title was Wrecking Havoc. Writer Danny Fingroth, pencils Jim Mooney, inks Vince Coletta and Art Nichols, colors Bob Sharon, letters Rick Parker, and editor Jim Salakrup. Seven days ago, J. Jonah Jameson yells at Peter Parker, telling him to come up with some sort of evidence that Spider-Man, in a new black costume, and the new Spider-Woman, also in a new black costume, or in a black costume, are in cahoots as criminals. Meanwhile, Peter reminds the readers that he first met the new Spider-Woman during the Secret Wars, Get used to this reference. That night, we see the aforementioned Spider-Woman, Julia Carpenter, breaking into Dextron Labs to steal some sort of disc. As she finds it, the wrecking crew breaks in, looking for the exact same disc. Who'd have thunk it? Julia remembers the crew from the Secret Wars. See? See? So she does her best to try and hide. However, Julia has to come out of hiding when Thunderball finds the disc both parties are there to acquire. This leads to a bit of a tussle between Spider-Woman and the Wrecking Crew. Four on one? Yeah, Spider-Woman kinda gets knocked out. But luckily for her, Thunderball convinces the Wrecker to not treat her like the Joker treated Jason Todd. They grab the disc and hightail it out of there, leaving Julia to recover later on. We are then treated to Julia's personal life. We see she has a daughter named Rachel and a very bothersome ex-husband named Larry who wants custody of Rachel. We then get to see Julia's background during the Secret Wars. There's that thing again. And how she works for Mike Clemson, who looks like a knockoff Stanley impersonator, in order to get her criminal charges dropped from when she worked with Freedom Force, a.k.a. the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. Two days later, so five days ago, I don't know, we see Peter Parker awakened by his landlady nailing an eviction notice to his door. Four months rent due by the end of the week or he's out. 
Now Peter is banking on getting some pictures of Spider-Woman to Jonah so he can cash in. We then flash over to the hideout of the Wrecking Crew, where the Wrecker calls his sick mother while the other three play cards. Thunderball mentally expositions, that, that is a word, right, expositions, about how he wants to become leader and gain all the powers of the others. That was three days ago, we are told. So, who's counting here, me or the editor? Now! Yes, finally now. What the heck, Danny Fingroth? Julia is in Manhattan, where a Daily Bugle headline lets her know that most of the Wrecking Crew got nabbed by the Avengers after joining the Masters of Evil. Only the Wrecker is free, so she seeks him out to try and get the disc back. She manages to find him, but now the Wrecker has the combined powers of the entire Wrecking Crew. Spider-Woman doesn't stand a chance! They do the fighty-fight thing, with a merry game of cat and mouse, as Spider-Woman does her best to dodge everything the Wrecker can throw at her. She manages to get the disc away from him, but that infuriates him more. She's knocked across the room where she is met by Spider-Man himself. Mistaking her for a villain, Spidey attempts to stop her. Spidey gets a good hit in just before Julia lands a lucky punch herself. Peter is woozy, but Julia is out again and her mask is askew. Spider-Man has his one chance to grab the ultimate picture for Jonah's money, and he takes it. Just then, the Wrecker shows up, knocks Peter around, and steals the disc back. Afterward, Peter escapes with Julia in tow. He later tells her he realizes she's not a bad guy and exposes the film, leaving him without any chance to pay the bills. Too bad the Wrecker shows up, explaining that the disc got ruined in the battle, and now he's going to take it out on them. To be continued. He has been challenged to read all the comics he has collected. This podcast will summarize, review, and reminisce about a single comic book issue and the time period somewhat chronologically by release date. He keeps a stack of comics near his bedside for when the time is right. Who is this interesting comic fan and what is the podcast? Hello, my name is Pat. I don't normally do podcasts about the comic books I read, but when I do, I podcast about them on The Longbox Crusade. Listen to it on iTunes, Stitcher, or on theLongboxCrusade.com and check out the Facebook page. Read them all, my friends. Hey, welcome back. Ooh, boy. Kind of got some mixed feelings here. Okay, so first off, let it be known that I love me some Julia Carpenter Spider-Woman. Easily my favorite Spider-Woman. Nothing really against Jessica Drew and the others, but Julia's my favorite. Now that I have said that, this story is a fun, hot mess. Like, seriously. I really enjoy how Spider-Woman is essentially the star and Peter is co-lead at best in this issue. It's really fun and holds my interest, but that's probably more because of Julia than anything else. That being said, the whole this happens then and this happens a different then and now is now, that whole thing is annoying as I'll get out. Like seriously, Finger Off, do we really need to jump around this much? Was there an editorial mandate that we pimp out Secret Wars 1? And yes, the editor notes do say Secret Wars 1. So stinking much? 
I really enjoy the Wrecking Crew. They're great BC-level villains, you know. You can throw those at the heroes about any time, and it's always a fun fighty fight. But if the entire goal was to make Peter and Julia square off against the Wrecker by himself, did we really need everything else that was going on? Couldn't we cut to the chase a little sooner? The art is fantastic, except when it's not. Two inkers already tells me somebody was running behind on this book. I mean, for the most part, the art is really enjoyable. Granted, there's a giant butt shot of Spider-Woman on the cover, but let's ignore it if we can. There's not a ton of facial details throughout the book, but enough to clearly tell everybody apart, etc., etc. The two things that really stick out to me are the distinct lack of backgrounds, like this happens a lot, people, and the way Rachel is portrayed as being elementary school story-wise, I mean, she mentions being a swan in the school play, but her height varies from panel to panel. She goes from three feet tall to four feet tall in just a couple of panels. Perspective issues! If you're looking to complete a collection, find early appearances of this Spider-Woman, or just read a story for fun, this one delivers. If you're looking for the fabled heyday of the 1980s Marvel comics, this probably ain't it. Yeah, it's enjoyable, especially if you have a reason to be reading this. But in the end, I can't really say you have to seek it out. If it pops up in the cheap bin, hooray, but otherwise it's average at best. Okay, one more break, and then some listener feedback. Star Trek. Comic books. Mythology, video games, toys, Star Wars, just about any geeky topic you can think of could be covered on the Hammer Podcast, presented by Two True Freaks. Come join me, Gene Hendricks, for whatever my disjointed mental processes can come up with. And be careful, or you might just learn something before we're done. The Hammer Podcast is available monthly, both on its own iTunes feed and at twotruefreaks.com. I'm going to have some coffee. What do you want, some uh, milk or uh, what, milk? Coffee's fine. Drink it. I'm hip. I don't know. This is espresso, you know? It's like coffeezilla. I said I'm hip. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for sticking with me. Last episode got Twitter favorites and retweets from The Hammer Strikes, Relatively Geeky, Ed Moore, Laurel Mountainflower, Nerdy Dad's Podcast, Striker55, Lost in Time, Longbox Crusade, Chris at BTO and Bat Books, Cash Flag, Zach Sally, DC OCD, Dr. Ange, Keck W, Big Easy 77, Professor Frenzy, Jim at Canada Daredevil, Christatos, Comics in the Golden Age, 
Ryan Daly, Rad Adventures, Christine at ChristineML1, Gal Walks Into a Comic Shop, Treasury Comics, Hondo at Logan E. Mock, Xenozoic Xenophiles, Longbox of Darkness, Ross Machad, and Luciano Viroletti. On Facebook, we got likes and shares from Nicholas Prom, Derek William Crabb, Reggie Hancock, Gene Hendricks, Jerry Green, Pat Sampson, Ruth and Darren Sutherland, and Michael Allen Carlisle. Feedback on the last episode. Laurel says that she likes the new intro music. And Professor Frenzy says this was a fun episode. Perfect spooky stories for Halloween. Also, cool new opening music. Well, thanks, everybody. The new music was intended just for the Halloween episode, but let me know what you think. If enough of you really like it and ask for it to stay around, it might just become the new sound of the show. You never know. But that seems to be it as far as any sort of feedback this time around. I appreciate you all listening. I really like when everybody likes and shares the show. It helps it get noticed. And until next time... Uh, This is the place where the comics are never too old and the coffee is never too cold. This has been a Coffee and Comics production. All material referenced herein is copyright the respective owners and is believed covered under fair use. Feedback can be left by emailing coffeeandcomicspodcast at gmail.com, visiting the website at coffeeandcomicspodcast.blogspot.com, or on Twitter at coffeecomicsblg. like me can fight all your battles for you. Think again. Voting for your local, state, and federal representative lets you choose who's on your side in all the issues we face today. From the little ones to the really big ones, too. But before you can vote, you need to register. So do it now. For registration forms or information on how to register, visit your local participating video store. Have a voice in your future. Register. And vote. And Tom Spider-Man sent you.